in honor of who, who we're going to be talking about a little bit later. This only means something to my Canadian friends of a certain age, but nice day for a party, isn't it? <laughs> I'll explain that later as we go. I, I'm pretty sure that's just the voice I've heard on a Dungeons and Dragons podcast, but continue. It could very well be, but welcome. We're back atop the mountaintop of Mount Manitoba after one week in Burlington, Ontario, visiting Papa Buck. It's the Hall of Fame show with myself, Kirk Buckner, and Evan Nolan. Who are we? Well, we're the people we own, not in Hall of Fame.com, the fictitious athlete Hall of Fame, the fictitious rock and roll Hall of Fame, and our latest creation, the United States Athletic Hall of Fame, which uh, we're going to be doing some pretty big promotion over the next couple of months because, hey, get out and vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, your life depends on it. Well, it really does. But you want to know how big you want to know how big it is? I signed up for Instagram, <laughs> <laughs> which is something I never thought would happen. But yes, you can run the Instagram. I got the Twitter, and we both don't want to do it. Yeah, I, I, uh, I have. Uh, I was talking to a lot of people who do a lot of this sort of stuff, and they say Instagram's the way to go, and then connect tw- your Instagram to your Twitter. So I am now on Instagram. That's right. As uh, what was it? USA Press. USA HOF Preds. USA HOF Preds, because we don't want you getting indicted or whatever the fuck's going on in your country. No, no. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. I don't, yeah, I, I don't want to go into politics. I'm just going to say this very quickly. Uh, that I didn't take anything, and anything that uh, they found was planted, although I did take some stuff, and the stuff I took uh, was declassified, and it was declassified by me, but I didn't actually say it was declassified. And it doesn't matter anyway. anyway either it's probably not a defense that's going to hold up in court <laughs> that so, man always seems to get away with shit but uh, he does he yeah. does but I, I i can't i can't say one way or another but that was it's been a whirlwind two days of what of the uh, of defenses to this thing so it's interesting as always uh oh i just put this on gallery so we can just sort of like have this now going on here uh so we've got uh you know, quite a bit of stuff to talk about since uh, we, we spoke last. Uh, we've got a couple massive retirements, one which will stick, one which may not. Mm-hmm. Uh, both will be first ballot Hall of Famers in their respective sports. Uh, should we just mm-hmm. open with that? Yeah, why don't you open, open with one I, I have less to say. So why don't you give it a little soliloquy yeah. on Tyson Fury? All right, well, yeah, Tyson Fury uh, is, I don't know that he's the greatest heavyweight of all time, but he's the most exciting heavyweight in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, very entertaining. Uh, so he's retired as the lineal champion. If this retirement sticks, it probably won't because usually boxing doesn't. But uh, just a giant beast of a man who overcame quite a few of his own demons mm-hmm. to, to be great. And he was able to do that in time. And a lot of them don't. So. Mm-hmm. Tyson Fury may, I may not be my favorite fighter, but he was one of my most entertaining. I was always entertained when, when, when he would fight. So uh, I hope his retirement sticks just because, man, I'm, just, I'm tired of seeing punch drunk people. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you, I, I know you're not a, like, a, like a fight guy, but the last fight he had with Deontay Wilder would be something to uh, take a look at, at at some point in time. If you ever just like want to watch a very, very entertaining Heavyweight. Okay. Uh, so, not the goat, but someone who just someone else who retired is. Yeah, I mean, or goat B, goat A. I don't know. 
it's you can make the you can make the argument that she is the goat of her sport as Serena Williams. Yeah, Serena Williams. Uh, just a few days ago, or I, I, as we're recording this now, I don't know. I think she's still in that tournament, so she's still in the the, the tournament in Toronto, uh, my hometown area. So she's going to be wrapping it up next month at the U.S. Open. So she's forty-one. This is going to be it. Uh, she, mm-hmm. I don't see her coming back. I was trying to think, like, is she the goat or not? Uh, you know, I am a huge fan of Martina Navratilova. Mm-hmm. Uh, saying that, if I've got like in their prime, and it's just a singles, I I, I want Serena. If it's a, if it's a double partner, I want Martina. That's fair. Um, it's also interesting because usually when you do these things, you can't be like. Well, this person overcame this stereotype, and the other one didn't, or whatever, something along those lines. These are both women who faced a lot of stigma that they had to get through in order to get as great as they could. One be. still does. One still does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that being Martina, who's uh, never never shy to say whatever is on her mind, which is probably a big reason why I like her. I mean, even if I don't agree with what people say, I love bluntness. I, I love candor. I love honesty. Yeah. Most of uh, yeah, Most but of the time because we're going to get to some people. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but yeah. Serena had. I uh, did you read the article in Vogue on Serena's retirement? Oh yeah, Vogue is the, usually right up there with my my regular reading. No, I didn't. Oh, I don't know. It's just it's just where she made her announcement. Okay, was the, the Vogue I, article. I, I didn't read it. But... No, but um, it's very interesting, very eloquent. Um, essentially, she wants to have more kids, yeah. and she can't do that while playing tennis. Um. It would be hard. She won a turn. I think she won the Aussie while she was eight weeks pregnant. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But her daughter Olympia is five now mm-hmm. and they want to keep going with things. And I mean, while a guy would probably be able to continue without this, it's just not the same for ladies. So, well, that, that's biology. I mean, it's biology. You know, hundred yeah. percent biology, yeah. but yeah. So, but yeah, 41 is, but that's the other thing. Like 41 is old for a tennis player. I, I'm not necessarily going to weep for Serena Williams. Oh, no, no, no. On any of this, but. No, no, but, but, but 41's old for any athlete, but the vast majority of tennis players up until recently mm-hmm. were pretty much done in their early to mid-30s. I like, mean, yeah, I mean, that's sort of like why, I mean, like, I don't know which one of them is the GOAT. I think Martina won, like, a doubles Grand Slam in her 40s, deep mm-hmm. into her 40s. I'm, I'm pretty sure she did. I think in overall Grand Slams, I think Martina's way ahead only because of the doubles. But, you know, it's, uh, I, I was looking up old quotes at Martina. I was trying to find one that she said uh, about Carling Bassett, a name you probably have never heard of. Mm-hmm. Okay. Back, back in the olden times, when Canada didn't win anything other than hockey, uh, our top tennis player was this girl named Carling Bassett. I don't know if you want to sort of like Google her while we're doing this. I'll, I'll Google her as we're speaking. Go ahead. Okay. So she was this little princess. Uh, like almost literally, I think part of the, the like the the Bat Carling dynasty, or like the like the family. Okay. The family of beer, so uh, pretty little thing. So never won shit, but because she was pretty, mm. you know. And I remember in Canadian sports radio one time because Martina went off on her, just saying like, "Oh, she just shake." Pretty much all she does is just shake her ass. Something like that. I, I was trying to find the exact quote. I couldn't find it. But it was just like, 
you know, because 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 you basically say the whole this she never had to work, and she never did. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but just like one of those other things where I think why well, I also like Serena a lot too. Serena will say whatever's on her mind too for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I might be slightly skewed only because I, I met three people in Barbados when I was taking my tennis lessons, all who met Serena, all did not have great things to say about her, but, you know, well, wasn't mean to me. Fair enough. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think Serena was, is a more exciting player to watch, you know, because she, she was one of the first power players in the female game. True. True. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's just so different, too, because Martina's playing with the wooden racket for a large portion of her career, mm-hmm. and the game was just completely different. Mar- <laughs> what, what is, that's, that's the thing where we're always talking about errors. We'll bring, we're going to bring us up probably a little bit later, too. Yeah. We're always talking about error, errors. We talked about this last week briefly. Uh, like, oh, Martina can never compete in today's era. Martina in today's era, if she's that good, would have the access to the same training that these other people would have. Absolutely. Like, Mar- she Mar- didn't Mar- have Mar- access to that because that, and neither did anyone she was competing against, and that's who she had to compete against, right? Yeah. It's like this whole Bob Cousy sucked because everybody played against was a plumber. Okay, J.J. Redick doesn't get to play in the NBA back when Cousy played because they're like seven teams. He wouldn't have been good enough. Right, like, right, but but JJ Redick was good for his time because a there are more positions and b it's a lot more working out that happened. They were wearing like terrible shoes on terrible floors with like no money and terrible transportation. It's just a completely separate thing. And the nineteen fifties and sixties Celtics had chartered jets and good footwear. Mm-hmm. Like, who knows what even that? Who knows what that does? To yeah, and your athletic trainer said, "No, just switch to menthols for a week." Exactly. <laughs> Or whatever they would have said. So no, I mean like uh, to Serena. All right, so nine years from now, she's going to be eligible for our United States Athletic Hall of Fame. Vote now. www. See what I did there? www.notnhalloffame.com forward slash USA. First ballot. Hundred percent. Yeah, I, I can't see how she's not. Like there, there's. Yeah, she Brady, who's you know forty five, going to be forty six when he gets to be a first ballot. He could still be the first active player. Right. Tiger was going to probably be first ballot when he gets there. Uh, yeah. T- yeah. Is Tiger, do we consider him active? Because, I mean, yeah, he's still playing, but he's, he's not that. Yeah, that's true. But, like, no. I don't, yeah, I mean, we'll see. But, yeah, no, Serena's 100% first ballot. It wouldn't surprise me if Venus is too when she gets there. Depends how many people yeah, are left. I don't know. It's hard, it's hard Venus, to say. Yeah. Venus is my age, so she's 43. Mm-hmm. So it's seven years from now. I mean, we have our first class. Who knows how cleaned out it's going to be? But when Serena gets there nine years from now, I don't think it's going to be that hard for her. Yeah, because yeah, our first class is going to induct a lot. Yeah, 25. Yeah, so like otherwise it's impossible. Yeah. Uh, so those are just two people that we definitely thought were worth mentioning. Uh, your guy, uh, now here's my question to you, uh, Bill Russell. Uh, mm-hmm. The league announced, I believe, two days ago that they're going to unilaterally uh, retire the number six across the league. Anyone who still wears it can, so that they're grandfathered in. Like LeBron. Like LeBron. A uh, few. There, there's a few other players too. Uh, should they have done this when he was still alive? That's a very good question. Um, 
it's that's a question for everything. So now there are three numbers retired across the leagues now. So 42 is retired in baseball for Jackie Robinson. Mm-hmm. And among the people who had the exception back then, I remember were both Mariano Rivera, who's the last one to wear 42, mm-hmm. and Red Sox MVP Movon was 42. So he also had an exception when that happened. Uh, Wayne Gretzky, uh, number 99, is retired across hockey, and now number six in basketball. Yeah, because there were so many other players who were 99. Yeah. Um, Wolf Paymonts were 99. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Good, good to know. Um, yeah, I mean, it would have been hard to do when he was alive. I mean, they already ordered him or honored him with the finals MVP and they honored him with uh, the man of the year and a few other things. It really would have been nice if they'd done this while he was alive. Um, I do think that the Celtics should have an exemption for the first game we played this season. And I say we again because I'm a Celtics fan, where everybody can wear six for the first game of the season. I know it's going to stink for the referees, but just for one game, everybody wears six for the Celtics. Um, but yeah, it would be nice. To think they could have done his live. I, this is not a situation where Jackie Robinson, where I don't feel that there was enough fanfare done for him while he was alive. There was a lot of fanfare done for, for uh, Russell over the last 15 years. Okay. Um, so he was very much honored. It would have been great had they decided to do this two years ago. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But it's—I don't know if—I don't know if Russell would have felt comfortable with that when he was alive. I wonder if they bro- they broached that to him before. It wouldn't surprise me if they did. They weren't surprised we find out that they did at one point. Um, but no, just just as we talked last week, just the generational figure that he was, uh, not just what he stood for on the court and as a champion and as a, and as a trailblazer, but like off the court and uh, the strength and, and power he showed there as well. A man um, as tall off it as he was on it. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's fantastic. Um, and I think that um, it would have been nice for us live, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me to know. I'm sorry. And you can also vote for Bill Russell. He's a, yeah, he's a nominee for Bill Russell. Yeah. yeah I, well, I was thinking that this, this is going to sound absolutely terrible, but I was thinking that when we were doing this, that Bill Russell was one of those people I was going to worry was not going to make the 25. I can tell you from what I'm seeing so far, that's probably not going to be the case. Okay, good. So that, that's good. Having uh, said that, things can change pretty damn quickly. 100%. So yeah. uh, I know it's Donovan McNabb is going to take the top spot. So um, the joke on that is everyone hates Donovan McNabb on the website. Um, they do. I mean, I, I, I get all the negative votes for Darren Sharper, but what did McNabb do? Right. Threw up on us on, during the Super Bowl. That's all I can think of. So, but. Oh, good. Uh, but the Pittsburgh Pirates have finally put together their Hall of Fame. Because mm-hmm. uh, you sent me that link, and I said, oh, man, how did I miss that? Apparently, I didn't. Two years ago, I did write about it. <laughs> it was coming. I just oh. remember things I write. It, it's or a pretty impressive it. class for this. And there's one on there I thought was very, very interesting. Yeah, let's, uh, let's bring them up here. Da, 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 da. So so I, I have them here. I'll just okay, start yeah. if you want. Yeah, go ahead. Just uh, So Honus Wagner, kind of hard to argue. <laughs> yeah. Uh both the Wainers, Paul and Lloyd. Again, very hard to argue. Um, Roberto Clemente, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Ralph Kiner, uh, Archie Vaughn, Willie Stargell, uh, Bill Mazeroski probably hit one of the five most famous home runs of all time. Uh, Fred Clark, Jake Beckley, Max Carey, Pie Trainer, Ray Brown, Buck Leonard, uh, Dave Parker, Danny Murtaugh, and Steve Blass. But there are three I skipped here. I'm, I'm sorry, I said uh, Buck Leonard. I meant to skip Buck Leonard. Three interesting ones, Buck Leonard, Josh Gibson, and Oscar Charleston, uh, who were Negro Leaguers. I, th- I think there wasn't there a fourth. Uh, was Ray Brown also written Negro League? Yeah. That I'm not sure off the top yeah. of my head. Yeah, he, uh, he was. So it, it was actually something really classy that they didn't have to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't even know this. Uh, I mean, I, I certainly was aware of the Homestead Grace. I didn't know they played Pittsburgh. I never actually thought about it. Mm-hmm. Where Homestead was or why it was called that. I, I should. I should have. But, you know, it's, it's a really classy thing to do because... Uh, Obviously, there's not going to be a Homestead Grays Hall of Fame or a Pittsburgh Crawfords for that. So, you know, it, it's, a, it's a cool thing to do. And I, I didn't feel like it was pandering either. That, that's how I felt. I, I don't know how you felt. Well, here's the thing. because Somebody asked in the comments, how did they get to claim Josh Gibson, mm-hmm. uh, among other things? Again, not knowing, not necessarily if people don't know the Homestead Grays where I get it, right? Mm-hmm. But Josh Gibson was born in Pittsburgh, plays entire career in Pittsburgh, and is buried in Pittsburgh. And they have several things around PNC Park to Josh Gibson already, like honoring him and his legacy. So, so what else cool. you can vote for? And yeah, hundred um, percent. So it's again, it was interesting to see the four, the four um, uh, Negro leaguers in here. Uh, it seems like it's a really big class, although the Pirates been around forever. Um, there, there was one big name that I thought was interesting or not really, I'm not surprised, I suppose. You're probably thinking the same one I am. Uh, Barry Bonds isn't there. Yeah. Was it one of the, I think the first two of his MVPs were were in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Uh, The last time Pittsburgh was any good, Bonds was the, you know, the stir that stirred, the straw that stirred the drink there. Uh, Didn't leave on the greatest of terms though. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. just because the team chose Andy Van Slyke over him doesn't mean that. No offense to Andy Van Slyke, who is a very good player, but not anywhere close to. Right. To the level that uh, Barry was at. You know, also, too, other than Brown, no pitchers. Yeah, that's a good point. So, and, and like, like we were saying, Brown didn't play for the Pirates. So, yeah. They couldn't. They couldn't get uh, Doug Drabeck in there. Kent Tacolvi. Oh, Kent Tacolvi should get in just for the glasses. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that is interesting. So, but it, it, I mean, it's a good class. It's hard to argue. Some of those names aren't as well known to people anymore, uh, like a Max Carey, probably, mm-hmm. uh, or uh, maybe even an Archie Vaughn, although he should be. Um, Jake Beckley, Fred Clark, some of those people are from a long, long time ago because the Pirates are ancient. Um, but yeah, it's it's a very good class. It's hard to argue anybody, really. I think all Hall of Famers but Parker. Mm, 
Parker's definitely not hauling. I lost it. I closed it out accidentally. Yeah. Uh, so I know the rest. I'm pretty sure all the rest are. The only one I'm looking up. But I know Parker Grizzly. Parker, Parker, man, there's a, there's a guy who snorted his way out of Cooperstown. Literally. Yeah. Is Danny Murtaugh in the hall? Ooh, you know, I don't know. I don't. That's that's the one I wasn't sure of. Hold on, let me just check here. Out of the players, I know. Uh, I think it's just Parker. Uh, all forty yeah. players are in. I know that. Yeah, Danny Murtaugh's numbers retired. Um. Yeah, he played for the Pirates from 48 to 51 and then managed them for a very long time. Uh, Two-time World Series champion. He was on the 60 with the 60 and 71 Pirates. He's a manager. I don't think he's actually in the hole, though. I think he's one of those people who keeps coming up but isn't actually in. So, I think as we go forward with the Pirates Hall of Fame, it'll be really interesting to see how they go with that. Uh, especially who you're, you don't really have any big names left because you, you did everything because you're playing catch up essentially. So they did the right thing this way. Saying that the pirates are, are a small league club. I mean, who's the best player right now, I guess it'd be Brian Reynolds who is not going to he's not going to stay there much longer. Yeah. But I mean, if, I'm just taking the Red Sox hall of fame, right. Where like, Tim Naring is in there and John and, and uh, like guys who aren't ever going to sniff the baseball hall. So they can just make it up with, I mean, Tony Pena played there for a while and Jack. He's like, it, yeah. Vance, like Jack Wilson was their shortstop for a long time. I, Those I, type of players. I'm not even joking when I say this, Bobby Bonilla. Bobby Bonilla. Yep. Um, Bobby Bonilla's agent. Um, <laughs> sorry, that, that, that would be the Mets Hall of Fame. Um, but uh, that'd, be yeah, a, no, that'd be a separate wing of what not to do. True, Sid Bream. Uh, yeah, I remember that name. Yeah, killed. He scored the winning run in '92. Yeah, that uh, against the Pirates. After, I mean, that man is that man ran like he had arthritis in his 20s. So the fact he scored from second on uh, a single is still one of the craziest things ever. The designer so. of the pillbox hat. Mm, that's a good one. So anyway, uh, the sister sledge for singing We Are Family. Um, but anyway, uh, no, it's it's about time they had one. It's surprising they didn't, but they, they did a good job. That's all I'll say. So. Yeah. yeah, so congratulations to all, all of them uh, and to really the city of Pittsburgh. They deserve this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful so. stadium. One of the prettiest. I've, never been. I've actually, I've actually only been um, by it, but like I've been around it and everything. I've never actually been in it, but the everything was very, very nice. So, mm-hmm. uh, should we go to the elevator? Ah, uh, sure. Go ahead. All right. So last week on elevator up, I have only, it was just elevator up, and what this is is who in the last week made better Hall of Fame case. Mm-hmm. I got three elevator downs. Uh, one, I don't even know if this, they're like he's banned from the elevator. And that's Pete Rose. Somebody else you could vote for, actually, in our United States Athletic Hall of Fame. He might be elevator down for this. Uh, so they celebrated the 1980 Philadelphia Phillies World Series championship team, which Pete Rose was a member of. 
Uh, Pete was asked about, I didn't know about this, by the way. I know this came out. Did you, do you remember when this came out in 2017? I, I, I missed it. I, didn't, I did not, no. Okay. Well, there's a lot of people who didn't miss it this time. And long story short, uh, Pete Rose, when he was in his early 30s, started having a relationship with a teen girl, which he said became consensual at 16, and that's when it all started. So he would have been 34 at that point in time. I'm a little past 34. When I was 34, you wanna know what I had in common with a 16-year-old girl to talk about? Nothing! Well, you both had driver's licenses. <laughs> so this was acute. So this came out in 2017. And again, Rose didn't deny it. He just said it didn't happen until 16. He was married with kids at the time, which whatever, but okay. A, a professional athlete from the 70s and 80s cheating on their spouse. I refuse to believe that. Well, it's the, it's the half the age part. The, well, I know, I know, but yeah. I mean that that part, them being married at the time, is not the. I mean, it's bad, but it's not the the major issue here that people have trouble with. So, well, Pete, if, if Pete would have, uh, I don't, I don't, how do I put this? Not been Pete Rose. Yeah, exactly. And I'll always have a soft spot for, for Pete Rose because first person I ever really interviewed for this website was Pete Rose. That was a really big deal. It still is. It's still a very yeah, big deal. Huge big deal. Yeah. And that was my favorite player as a kid. I've always loved the contact hitters. You know, just the ones who just, they don't have the power, but they just do anything and everything they can to get on base. And it's, you know, probably why then Pete Rose gave way to, for me to Tony Gwynn, who is my all-time favorite baseball player of all time. So I think that's important. Yeah. Anywho. When asked by, I forget the name of the reporter, but it's a female reporter, which is important in this case. Uh, I'm paraphrasing. So do you think it's offensive to women that you're here based on what happened? I'm not here to talk about the past, babe. It worked, it worked very well for Mark McGuire when he was in front of Congress in 2004. <laughs> 2003, 2004. Wouldn't it have been better if you would have said babe? Mm. Yeah. And Pete did everything that could possibly, he couldn't have come off more obnoxious based on that thread that was provided on Twitter. Uh, and his penance then is like, I'm sorry if I offended you. Want me to sign a thousand baseballs for you? Mm -hmm. Kurt Schilling got into this too. Did you see that? No, I did not. Kurt said that, you know, Pete's always going to be Pete, but he's, he's got, he basically called him an asshole. Kurt Schilling's taking the moral high ground here. Let that sink in. <laughs> it, it, the whole thing's a really bad look. It raised a lot of things to things that uh, you didn't know, I didn't know, and worded in such a way that how does she not put this up? She's a reporter, she's doing her job. I'm yeah. not here to talk about the past, but I'm here to celebrate something I did 42 years ago. It, the whole the whole thing's a real bad look and just like another reason to keep him off of a ballot it, it really is uh, so that he's easily he's an elevator down he, i don't think he was ever he's ever going to get in anyway in the baseball hall 
Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, he's he's 81. In theory, he's actually not banned from the baseball hall. They're 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 just doing that anyway. Because basically, MLB doesn't own the baseball hall, but whatever. It, it the, the whole thing's really disgusting, and just like another thing that's going to be on his obituary. Right. If he would have handled it just a little bit better. And I don't know. I don't think Pete can can do it any better. I really don't think he's capable of that level of awareness. Uh, also, too, apparently he was making a bunch of uh, jokes about John Crook's ball. Mm. Only has one, apparently. Another thing I didn't know. So yeah, Pete Pete Rose was being Pete Rose, which is all you need to to know why he's an elevator down. Segwaying. Segway. Yeah. To somebody else who is being what they are. All right, this one, I got to read. I'm going to read it, the Instagram post from Antonio Brown. This shouldn't be an elevator down, but it's people voting on people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people in that room know Antonio. This might be the most obnoxious thing I've ever read. And that's after I just quoted Pete Rose. <laughs> so let's, let's bring this up here. Uh, so you've seen, okay. From Antonio Brown. My biggest regret in my career doesn't involve calling my GM a cracker or showing up to Raiders camp late in a hot air balloon with frozen feet or throwing rocks at at that UPS driver. And it definitely doesn't involve taking my shirt off and doing a victory lap around the Jets stadium mid-game while throwing up deuces. My biggest regret is that I'll never get to see me, Antonio Brown, play a game live. Sure, I can watch the game afterward, but I can't imagine what that was like for all of you to see something like that. Like watching the Beatles or Jesus perform at Red Rock. I have a, I have a follow-up from another, uh, from another person here. You ready? I'm ready. My biggest regret in my career doesn't involve calling Gilmore a piece of shit or showing up to a meeting between Gilmore and Doug unannounced or firing my caddy for recommending a five iron instead of a wedge. It definitely doesn't involve taking Gilmore's gold jack and making a run for it. My biggest regret is I'll never get to see me, Shooter McGavin, make a clutch putt. Sure, I could watch Happy Gilmore anytime I want, but I can't imagine what that was like for all of you to see something like that, like watching the Beatles or Jesus perform at Red Rocks. Yeah, Shooter McGavin. So Shooter McGavin on uh, on Twitter had his own version of it, and it just fits perfectly. <laughs> oh, this is, yeah, okay. So here, okay, that's awesome. All right, I, I don't even know what to say here with this. The the come Antonio Brown should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I truly believe that, talent wise, and yeah. his numbers are right there. Yeah, I mean, he he's, makes a claim as the top wide receiver of the decade, or close to. Mm. Uh, if you're either one or two or maybe even three there's no reason why you wouldn't get in except for this reason he's an unsufferable douchebag and if they made uh terrell owens weight who had better numbers and was certainly less of a douchebag yes honestly yes i i i i I don't even know if we're being rickrolled here yeah, I, I, I can only think it seems like it's been Rickrolled. Or he really is this unaware. And that's equally possible. Uh, where's Red Rocks anyway? Red Rocks is uh, 
music venue in California. Okay. Uh, uh, Dave Matthews has a very famous album that I released live from Red Rocks. And Jesus played there, apparently? Who didn't? Oh, I'm sorry, Red Rocks is Colorado. My bad. Colorado, okay. It's in uh, Morrison, Colorado. Yeah, I, 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 I remember when, when Jesus opened up for Nazareth. <laughs> ah, thank you very nice that thank was you. very well done yes just thought of that so th that's an elevator down because i can just see people just saying you know what forget this guy for a bit who would have thought a few years ago that the one i don't want to say that he's got the moral high ground here but the the, 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 the one who now seems the most stable is roethlisberger out of him Le'Veon bell and Maybe did not yeah. see that coming. No, the Beatles performed at Red Rocks in 1964. So they actually did? Yeah. Okay. But not Jesus. Uh, Jethro Tull. Oh, okay. Some of those guys had hair like Jesus. I'm, look, I'm looking for the most famous ones. Hair. Hendrix. Yeah. Uh, Pearl Jam. Uh, John Denver. James Taylor, you two, lots of people. So, anyway. Oh my God. So, yeah, those are. Wait, didn't I have a third? I thought you had a third. I thought I did. I'm blanking on who that was because these right. just. If, if, it, if it comes back around, that's fine. We'll figure it out. Yeah. But the, yeah, those, those are the two big ones. I couldn't believe it. But yeah, uh, let's, uh, let's, let's see who. Uh, Passed away over the last couple of weeks because yes. um, we, we did abbreviate one last week due to your travel schedule. I will say we did have another victim of the beige mistress, Zoltan Halash, mm. uh, Hungarian cyclist uh, who won the individual road race and team trial events at the 80 Summer Olympics, passed away at the age of 62. Oh, oh, Fernando Tatis. Oh, yeah, Fernando Tatis. Go ahead. There's nothing that we don't even have to go any deeper than that. 80 game suspension because he, he didn't know what ring he thought he was taking something for a ringworm. Yeah, I believe that. Not, not I don't good. have to go in any further than that. Yeah. Just sure. this shit, Matt, that baseball they care and in football, well, they don't. Understood. So, yeah. all right. Um, also passed away this week. Uh, I know Oxenen, three time winner of the Boston Marathon. Uh, passed away at the age of 91, won their event in 59, 61, and 62, all in pretty good times, uh, two hours and 22 minutes to two hours and 23 minutes, which is still pretty good uh, for Boston Marathon winning times, depending on the uh, weather at the time. I cannot tell you what the weather's like in 59, 61, or 62, though. So hmm. um, We can say that the weatherman got it wrong. <laughs> yes, that is probably true. Um, Brenda Fisher passed away, once held the world record for the fastest swimming of the English Channel. Oh. Uh, did it in 12 hours and 42 minutes, breaking the previous records of a woman, which had been 13 hours and 20 minutes. So 60,000 people watched her come ashore uh, in 1951. Uh, oh, but she wow. passed, passed away at the age of 95. Um, from the world of... Ice hockey, Terry Caffrey passed away, third pick in 1966, played entire, uh, played for the Blackhawks, North Stars, New England Whalers, uh, before they became the Hartford Whalers, uh, passed away at the age of 73. 
Uh, also playing minor league baseball for the Milwaukee uh, Braves. And it was, and it's credited. Who knows whether it's true. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. His brother was Jack Caffrey who played for the Milwaukee Braves, but his brother, Jack Caffrey is credited for inventing the backward grip for face-offs. Hmm. Which is interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, from the world of NASCAR, we lost a couple of racers. Uh, Neil Castles passed away at the age of 87. He raced, uh, had 178 top tens in his career, but never actually won a NASCAR race. He ran in 498 races over 19 years from uh, 1972 through uh, nine, oh, hold on. Sorry, from 1957 to 1976. He did win twice a NASCAR Grand National East Series, uh, but never on the main, the main Winston Cup circuit. Uh, also passing away was Buddy Arrington, uh, who was in 560 races over 25 years, from 63 to 88, 103 top 10s, also never actually won a race. 103 top 10s without running a race seems, seems like Steven, uh, Susan Lucci-esque, I have to say. <laughs> um, from the world of baseball, uh, Corky Palmer passed away, the first coach to lead Southern Miss to the College World Series, uh, passed away at the age of 68. I think, um, I think if your name is Corky, once you become 30, you shouldn't be named Corky. Probably true. Um, from the world of boxing, we lost Johnny Famishon, who is Australian featherweight boxer, who a uh, member of the Australian National Boxing Hall of Fame, uh, and was the, uh, he was the holder of the international featherweight boxing title uh, from 69 to 70 the WBC featherweight champion, 69 to 70. Uh, he passed away at the age of 77. Also sort of in that world, um, John Abdo passed away. Uh, member of the National Fitness Hall of Fame uh, was his strength and conditioning coach for U.S. Olympic team athletes from 76 through 88 Olympic Games. Um, uh, passed away at the age of 66. Uh, but yeah, member of the National Fitness Hall. And one of the ones I know you posted something when he passed, Gene LaBelle passed away. Yes. Take a minute to talk about Gene LaBelle. I actually got quite a bit on Gene LaBelle. Uh, did you read the story? Well, I think, I think a lot of people might have heard the story with him and Steven Seagal. Yeah, where he made Steven Seagal crap his pants. Uh, whether that really happened or not, I was actually trying, I was doing a sort of a deep dive into that. So there was a witness there said so that wasn't that really that wasn't what happened, but we don't we want it to be true? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I just the idea you're doing a deep dive into Steven Seagal's crap is just you know. <laughs> yeah. it seems like I've got other shows dedicated to similar topics, but yeah, yeah, it would, yeah, it would seem to. But go ahead. But no, with with that, basically what happened is uh, he said well, you couldn't choke me out, so he let him do that. And what does seem to be true is that. After he was sort of in that chokehold, Seagal nut gave gave uh, Labelle a nut shot, mm. and then that's sort of like when he lifted him up, and then th that could have gone much worse. But he let him go. Uh, Seagal afterwards apparently was a bit of a man about it. Just said to his bodyguards, "No, no, it's okay." So, man, didn't we want that to be completely true? Because. Uh, that's the stories that kept that Roddy Piper would tell, uh, Ronda Rousey told. 
because he was part of uh, that big scene in, in, in LA wrestling. Uh, mm-hmm. He would have been, if, if MMA was happening in the 70s or 60s, LaBelle probably would have been a champion. And he knew my good friend Chavo Guerrero Sr. Not surprised. Yeah. So he's the one who got uh, Chavo his, the, the, for his first movie role. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and the one and only. Piper was in that movie too. The only difference is Piper lost to Henry Winkler, but Chavo didn't. So I thought <laughs> that was a pretty cool thing. Uh, Chavo told me this one, and I found it on YouTube actually, where, where Chavo was getting all pissed off because it's probably something that Piper did. And then in, in his interview, then he spits in Gene LaBelle's face. He says, how did you, you wouldn't like that if, right? It, it was just like one thing after. And I said, I said to him like, weren't you scared out of your wits? It's judo fucking Gene LaBelle. So, no, he was a nice guy. He just—he knew what I was trying to do. The point I was trying to make. Yeah, you know, um, he—I don't know how much he trained Rousey, but I know he became associated with her because of Piper. They—they mm-hmm. so they were, they were became really good friends. Uh, also, too, if you ever you ever watch uh, you ever watch Taxi, mm-hmm. of course. Okay, so every time there's the boxing referee when Tony's Tony Bantha's, that's that's Judo Gene. I didn't realize that. Interesting. Yeah. Like he uh, stunt credits from like the seventies to the tens. Yeah. And he, he, apparently he also was, uh, he was trained by Ed the Strangler Lewis, mm-hmm. but was also uh, one of his students was Chuck Norris. So any man who could train Chuck Norris, who, you know, got rid of all the ele- elements, but the element of surprise. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I do that. And apparently it, it says that uh, the character, Brad Pitt's character in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is based on Gene LaBelle. I didn't read that, but I, be- I, can, I believe that. that I wonder if that's sort of like where they're playing off the myth of him beating up Seagal. Yeah. Or maybe that really did happen. I don't know. I was trying to get to the bottom of it because I knew that we were going we to talk, we talk about that. Yeah. But there is an, an, an eyewitness who was there, uh, another fellow stuntman, said this is exactly how that happened. And that Gene was a bit of a showman, so he just let people believe it. Because again, everyone wanted wanted it to be true. I mean, there's there's that story with what Seagal and uh, coming onto a then underage uh, Catherine Heigl, making her uncomfortable. Again, here's our two heroes and stories that we talked about today: Kurt Schilling and Catherine Heigl. <laughs> yeah, he also I want to point this out too. Gene LaBelle was a tenth degree judoka. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, jiu-jitsu fighter that's the highest possible belt you can get jiu-jitsu and, and the thing is he just didn't even look tough which is crazy no it's hilarious because he just looks like he looks like a big brawler type guy but just looks like a picture uncle yeah but so. yeah, and, and but allegedly you just do like just one of the nicest guys ever yep. but when you're really tough you don't have to show, you don't have to prove it yeah if, if people who are good are, will tell the other people they're great, if you're great, people will tell you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah, Gene LaBelle was passed away to sleep at the age of 89. Although, Antonio Brown, he was great. Told everybody about it. Mm, anyway. Uh, a few people, we have a bunch of people for music, so I just want to clear out a few other people while we're here. Uh, one of the great writers uh, passed away, David McCullough. Um, got Presidential Medal of Freedom winner, two-time winner Pulitzer Prize and National Book Award. 
passed away at the age of 89. He wrote both Truman and John Adams, which are two of the greatest biographies of all time. Um, Pat Carroll passed away, best known as Ursula, Ursula the Sea Witch. From, yeah, uh, that'd be big in, in your thing. Yeah. Uh, you, you love all that Disney stuff. I do love the Disney stuff. And she passed away at the age of 95 on Cape Cod. Uh, 95, wow. Yeah, had a lot, a lot of things, but probably that desperately best known for for Little Mermaid. Also, the granny in the English dub of My Neighbor Totoro, if you've ever seen that movie. It's, it's, uh, I got it. No, to- Totoro is, no, I had a... a Is it Totoro? Movie. I always said Totoro. It's Totoro. I haven't... I, yeah, no, I... I, I so yeah. long ago, I don't remember. Oh, no, it wasn't Totoro. She was obsessed with it. It was Doriamon. Doesn't, doesn't matter. Okay. okay. Right, moving on. Anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, Roger Mosley passed away. Best known as TC from Magnum P.I. Oh. No, I missed that. Yeah, TC passed away at the age of 83. Former football player, no? Yeah. He was in a car accident uh, on August 4th and was paralyzed from the shoulders down and died three days later. Was that at the age of 83. So he was married for almost 60 years uh, wow. to his wife, uh, Antoinette Laudermilk. So, yeah. So, and then also dying in a, from complications of a car crash, Anne Heche today at the age of 53. Yeah. She had a cup of coffee on the A-list. Yep. Six right. Days, Seven Nights. John Q. Uh, uh, Donnie Roscoe. Yep. Yeah, for a brief, yeah, for a hot moment there, she it looked like she was going to, like, make that next level. Didn't quite happen. But, you know, was working right to the end. Obviously, would probably worked in a lot longer. Uh, I think my favorite thing was when uh, Harrison Ford went on Letterman. And that's right when uh, Anne H came out. And uh, that's when they, they were promoting Six Days, Seven Nights. Mm. And so Letterman says to Harrison Ford, so uh, what's the plot here? Well, it's a, it's a romantic comedy with uh, Anne Heche. Oh, so you've got your work cut out for you then, don't you? <laughs> Which, I guess that, but that only lasted three years. Yeah. It was an interesting, like, also dalliance with lesbianism for whatever, whatever it was. So interesting. Wow. I, I, I'm not saying that it was something of convenience, but others have. I don't know. I thought she was a good actress. I thought she had an she, was, she was a pretty good actress. I thought she had uh, an interesting look to her also. Yeah, the way she passed away, though, speeding through a neighborhood, crashing into a house, uh, and take, it took 65 minutes to get her out of a burning vehicle. Uh, it was... Uh, well, not looking good. So I was, yeah, I was reading about some other mental problems she had that I, I didn't know she had. Yeah. So I, I wasn't aware of that. Uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, I, I guess there were some issues to the end, unfortunately. Unfortunately, so she was fifty-three. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we get to music. Uh, local Chicago, well-known band, The Shadows of Night, lead singer Jim Sones, uh, passed away. Uh, he was, hold on one second here. He was 75. Um, do you remember the Shadows of Night? No. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to see. Their biggest hit was probably their version of Gloria from 1966. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. So, okay, I know that version. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we lost 
one of the great you know how much i love session musicians mm -hmm. one of the great session musicians of all time bill Pittman, uh who probably best known for honestly his ukulele work and raindrops keep following my head um he was a member of the wrecking crew though uh those guys out in the session musicians out in yeah. california who are on everything so his sideman list here Includes the Ventures, Bobby Darren, Peggy Lee, Percy Faith, um, Buddy Rich, Nancy Sinatra, like all sorts of people. And then the he was uh, one of the principal musicians for the for uh, Butch Cassidy Sundance Kid, Mash, Goodfellas, Dirty Dancing, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, like just around on everything. Uh, but he passed away at the age of 102, which oh, wow. is doing pretty well. So. Not bad for Bill Pittman. Not bad at all. Uh, another one of the great prolific people who you don't necessarily remember, Michael Lang, American pianist composer. Not that he had a lot of... How many film scores do you think Michael Lang did in his career? He passed away at the age of uh, 80. 30? He was active from 64 through 2022. Oh, way more than 30. 60? 2,500. How is it even possible? His motion picture credits include, among a whole bunch of others, As Good As It Gets, Mr. Holland's Opus, Memoirs of a Geisha, uh, Seven Pounds, The Day the Earth Stood Still, Public Enemies, um, A League of Their Own, Arachnophobia, uh, Towering Inferno, The Paper Chase, The Poseidon Adventure, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which is, of course, mostly a John Williams thing, but he had something to do with that. Uh, and then some other funny ones to go with this. Mummy, the Tomb of the Dragon, uh, High School Musical 3, Senior Year, and Confessions of a Shopaholic, and Hannah Montana, the movie, among others. Mm. He also recorded albums with Barbara Streisand, Vanessa Williams, Michael Bolton, and others. Did work on Family Guy, The Simpsons, American Dad, Orville, and The Secret Life of the American Teenager. But other than that, you never heard any of Michael Lang's music. Except everywhere except everywhere without knowing who he was wow. uh michael lang was 80 when he passed um also passing david muse uh probably best known for his work with the marshall tucker band um flute saxophone and keyboardist passed away at the age of 73 oh speaking of 73 it is he 70 uh when he was running this morning on twitter i'm like oh no what happened but mark knopfler's 73rd birthday is today I saw Mark Knopfler trending on Twitter. I'm like, oh, no. Did he say something stupid again? Because he's gone through some crazy times here or did something happen. No, he just he he turned is, 73. He's, he's saying a lot of dumb shit. Is he going all Clapton? Uh, he's, he didn't show up for dire straight seduction. He's just, it's, it's, I'm not saying crazy like political, just like he's not right in the head. Does that make sense at the moment? Um, Isn't that sad now? This, that's the first place you go. 100%. Like, that is inconceivable six seven years ago yeah it really is but um uh also passed away daryl hunt uh the bass player for the pogues mm. uh, passed away at the age of 72 oh, i love the pogues yeah i do too um I one i know you want to talk about before we get the two big names yeah, uh gord yeah. lewis of teenage head passed away yeah, yeah. uh it's a yeah, murder Oof. Yeah, so that's sort of where I did my little opening uh, from the song Disgustine. 
uh, it's it band that I don't think I don't know if they even made it outside of Canada. I don't believe so. But just I've heard of them, but I honestly can't say I very well. I know them that well. I remember my brother having their vinyls, you know, so I remember hearing that as a little kid. They were a Hamilton band, and I'm, I was just in Burlington, like, which is a town over. So, you know, like, that's about it. I, it's a, I don't want to say that it's our version of the Ramones, but it's about as close as we had. Fair enough. We didn't have the burgeoning music scene then like we do now. So it's, you know, a lot of punk, a little, a little bit of rockabilly in there, too. Just, but the way he died... Oh, God. Did you read a, a bit about what happened there? Yeah, his son uh, was arrested for the crime of second-degree murder, shot him, correct? Well, I don't, yeah, I, I, I don't even know if, if that's what it was, whether, whether he shot him or not. I didn't even get that far. I was, like, focusing on just all the stuff leading up to it. So he was contacting Ham, local Hamilton media, saying, you know, my, you know, someone better check on my dad. He's decomposing in there. Oh, boy. Anyway, yeah, so that's how they found him because, you know, someone in the media, I think it was the Hamilton Spectator, of which it was my first uh, employer. I was one of their new paper carriers of the year. Wow. Congratulations. I don't know. I really sucked at it. But anyway, <laughs> I might have got the most complaints of anyone. But that's another story for another time. Uh, so, yeah, they finally actually checked to see if they did a wellness check. I think sort of the sad thing is too, because uh, they found him in his Hamilton apartment. And uh, so when they gave the sort of the address of it, it's like, man, that's not exactly the best area. The musicians don't really, unless you're Rihanna or Lizzo or insert major star here, you generally don't have a pot to piss in. Yeah, it happens a lot. So, so no, I just wanted to give a quick thing. So like a very, uh, a very important band in Canada, especially the area I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so two more. Uh, Olivia Newton-John passed mm-hmm. away on the 40th anniversary of the release of Xanadu. Uh, at the age of 73, she'd been battling cancer for many, many years. Legend. I mean, I, I, there's, there's really not much you can say about her that that can come off even remotely bad. Just you never hear any bad story about her. Uh, I, I can't say that musically I was really into a lot of stuff she did, but I could see why people were. Yeah, I mean, the two big ones, of course, outside of Greece were I honestly love you and physical. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just, I don't know, just seemed like a decent person all the way through. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, not, not a bad actress either. She, yeah. she drew into that. So yeah, that, that one got a lot of attention, as, as it should. Um, I don't know if that might be something we'll look at doing in like a, how the hell this went number one. Andrea picks next time. So I have a feeling she might go that route. Physical though, is like a, would, would have been the song I'd choose, but I kind of want to rip on it. Now I feel bad. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Take oh. some time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then a name that may not be as well known to a lot of people, but unquestionably one of the most important people to develop a popular music in the United States. Lamont Dozier passed away mm. at the age of 81. Huge. Uh, wrote, uh, co-wrote and produced 14 number one hits on the U.S. Billboard charts. Just that's the 14. The, yeah, but that's just, the, that's just that chart, an R&B. I didn't even bother counting it. It's got to be 
It's got to be triple. Has yeah. to be. Has to be. Uh, can you imagine where Motown would have been without those three? Holland, Dozier, Holland. I can't. I can't imagine it. It's impossible. Yeah. Um, trying to see. I was trying to get a full list, but he he was uh, wrote art hits for Martha Vandellas, the Supremes, Four Tops, the Isley Brothers. Um, I mean, just I don't know, just one of the great writers of all time. So writer producer uh, didn't make it as a performer, but whatever. Yeah, but he he was inducted in the Rock Hall in 1990. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to get a full list of the 14 number one hits, and I, for some reason I can't find it quickly. I had it up the other day, and I thought it was going to be here. Mont Dozier. It's almost like a well, every, or I think everyone the Supremes did. Here we go. You can't hurry love. Um. Uh, where did our love go? Baby love. Come see about me. Stomp in the name of love. Back in my arms again. I can't help myself or also known as sugar pie honey bunch. Mm-hmm. I hear a symphony. You can't hurry love. Reach out. I'll be there. You keep me hanging on. Love is here. And now you're gone. The happening. Uh, you keep me hang- hanging on, which was covered by Kim Wilde again, mm-hmm. which by the way, I'm, I'm going to be doing karaoke next Friday. And I think I may pick Kim Wilde's version of that song prior to this. I was whoa, whoa, whoa. That was going to be it. I heard it on the radio. Uh, actually, the day it announced, it was announced he died before we knew he had passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Two Hearts by Phil Collins are the 14 songs. So, but yeah, that, that one was interesting. I didn't know that he was that prolific that late mm-hmm. that, he, that, he, that he did that one. Uh, yeah, it, a huge loss. Uh, I'm glad he got some of the respect he deserved. Uh, now we sort of go in with, because we, we didn't do it last week, but so I guess it's going to be doubly good, doubly bad, and doubly ugly. I suppose I could do that. Let's okay. start with doubly good. I could definitely do doubly good. And the bad and the ugly are just the bad. Yeah. Um, I can start with the Field of Dreams game. I oh, love it. So much fun, huh? Yeah. I actually, yeah, the Field of Dreams game, uh, like you do it every year, just like hockey has the outdoor game. Mm-hmm. The players love it. Like, just watching one of the coolest things is watching Ken Griffey Jr. and Ken Griffey Sr. walk out of the corn to have a catch. Like, I had chills just watching that silly thing from that. And maybe it's just because I'm of the perfect age when that movie came out and things along those lines. But it was really, really cool. I will say, I'm going to just go to it now. The bad was if you're going to do a hologram of Harry Carey, don't make it suck. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to throw that in the bad, but back to the rest of uh, the yeah. good. Like that, that, the game wasn't that highly rated, mainly because the Cubs and the Reds are combined three million games out of first place and the game doesn't matter. Um, but having like last year was the White Sox and who did the White Sox play last year? Uh, Yankees, was it not? Yankees, that's right. And Tim Anderson hit the home run to win the, win the game. Um, Although, by the way, ironic injury of the year, Tim Anderson is out for six weeks because he broke his middle finger. They got suspended for using uh, earlier uh, at the end of last season. It's um, just been a rough year for Tim. It has been a rough year for Tim. I like Tim. I, like I do him. too. I do too. Um, but yeah, they need to do that every year. Go get the 
go get the Royals out there, get like the Twins, get the Brewers, get all the teams in the general area to host a game mm-hmm. out there. The Cardinals, uh, it's it's one of those things I want to do here eventually, uh, and it it just was awesome. I just the whole thing was cool the way they did. How far would that be for you? Um, four hour, five hour drive. Hold on, Field of Dreams Stadium. All right, that's where we, okay, that's where we meet up. You drive west, I'll drive south. Okay, so that is in Dyersville, Iowa. Mm-hmm. There's also Dyersville, Indiana. Uh, how, do I, how long is it for me to get there from home? Directions. Turns home. Yes. Oh, not that long at all, honestly. Uh, it's at three hours and seven minutes. Okay. Well, mine would be longer than that. Yeah, that's not that bad. Uh, my kids do that easily. So yeah. one of the things about living in the Midwest, you drive a lot of places. Um, Unless you don't have a car like me. Well, then you can't live in the Midwest. <laughs> you, live, you live in a city. I live in a city. Uh, yeah. The heart of Mount Mito. Yeah. So... Um, but yeah, there was, it's just really cool. The other, the other good I want to do, I want to spend some time on a guy who will never make the Pro Football Hall of Fame, uh, but a guy who was the Patriots Team Hall of Fame mm. was created for, and that is James White, uh, who retired at, from injury uh, at uh, and right before, I think he played, I can't remember if he played eight or nine seasons. Um, but James White, eight, he played eight seasons, three-time Super Bowl champ, Holds the Super Bowl record for most receptions in a game with 14, most TDs in a game with three, and most points scored in a game with 20, all from that uh, epic comeback against the Atlanta Falcons that you may have heard about. I've heard about uh, But more importantly, he only had 345 carries because he's a third down back. Mm-hmm. But during his eight years in the league, he led all running backs in receptions. All of them. Oh. Okay, more I, than Kamara, more than anyone else, and he had in all those touches, he had over uh, six hundred, let's say almost six hundred fifty receptions, three hundred fifty runs. So let's call that a thousand touches in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Zero fumbles, zero, wow. and a thousand touches. That is pretty good. He'll never make the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He probably should have won Super Bowl MVP in that Falcons game, but there's no way they weren't giving it to Brady. Yeah. Um, but uh, he first ballot Patriots Hall of Famer as soon as he's eligible. I don't care who he's up against. He will be first ballot. He is beloved in, in the Boston area. Of all the, because I look at all, I always look at all the awards, the individual awards, all the ones that, I don't know who got it wrong more, Gold Glove or Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the fact that Eli Manning won either of those Super Bowl MVPs is kind of crazy for mm-hmm. Like, like that was Justin Tuck's Super Bowl MVP, uh, and and yeah, Whoa. it's yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, but uh, James White, Godspeed, loved watching you, and I am uh, I'm glad I'm glad we had the opportunity. So nice tribute. Right. Ah, the bad, the bad, the bad. Uh, where are you going with this? I'm afraid this is a potential bad. Oh. Um, 
So there are two ways I want to go with this. Uh, so one, I didn't really like Deion Sanders' comments about how they're watering down the Hall of Fame for the NFL, which is insane. Yeah, he, well, um, he said that a few times. This isn't the first time he said that. I know. That. So I don't really want to go there. I want to talk about another potential watering down and depending on what they're going to do. But the head of the SEC is talking about changing the NCAA tournament to get more teams in there. And the way he said it left it open to interpretation that they were going to be okay, getting I, rid of. Okay, I, miss, I missed this. So, like, we're talking basketball tournament or are we talking? Bas- basketball okay. tournament. And they're, the way he left it open to interpretation was that they were going to be getting rid of auto bids. He didn't say that. But it seemed like he wanted more larger teams to get in there than Appalachian states. And one, I'm all in favor of expanding the tournament if we get some more little teams in there. Uh, because that's what makes it fun. I'm sorry, I don't really First care. It is. It is. It's a huge part of it. Yeah, I really don't care about a... I'm just picking two teams that from major conferences that aren't usually very good at basketball. I'm not meaning to insult them. But like a Nebraska versus Northwestern game. Like, I don't care. You know what I mean? Giving mm-hmm. Nebraska against like Southern Utah. Somebody who... Give a small guy a shot at one of the big guys and see how that goes. I think that's much more interesting than two, like Boston College has sucked now for a decade, right? Yeah. So Boston College versus who sucked the most in uh, like the Pac-12, like Oregon State. Like who cares? You know what I mean? I, I, we don't need more of those teams in. More of the smaller teams, particularly with the way talent's been spread out, mm-hmm. I'm all in favor of seeing that. Great. Um, Ooh, Vanderbilt. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I, I just, it's a warning sign more than anything. It's a warning sign that college sports is screwing itself up. I mean, I was going to talk last week about, you know, the expansion of the big tech 12 from C to C to shining C yeah. Yeah. Uh, traditional, traditional pack 12 rivalry USC against Rutgers. Um, <laughs> Oh, Big Ten rivalry. Sorry, I said that wrong. Big Ten rivalry, USC and Rutgers. Maryland and USC. Um, But, like, they're going to screw everything up here in college. And I'm worried that one of the last really good things they still have is the uh, the NCAA tournament, and they are going to make it really bad in the the name of keeping coaches' jobs. Would that translate into the women's tournament too? Yes, they'd have to. Okay. Yeah, they would have to. Although maybe not because the women only get, you know, four barbells to work out with, I think. So for everybody. Yeah, that, that was uh, as much as I, try, I, I rip on the women's basketball sometimes. Thing is, you're going to have a tournament. There is no re- Okay. They're not going to get the, the same kind of buys. There's no reason they can't get the same equipment. 100% no. <laughs> hundred percent. One other thing I do want to bring up here in the bad, like I said, there's a bunch and it's not necessarily bad other than it's a follow-up on an ugly we did before. And this is something you brought to my attention from earlier today. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I want to bring it up here. Um, so I could talk about Stephen Ross and the ugly. Um, the, and you and I joked about, we're the only people who care about this. I legitimately think we may be the only people who care about this, which is insane. 
two years after former players sued the NFL over treatment of black retirees in the concussion settlement, lots of African-American former players are getting dementia claims approved that were previously declined. Now, why were they previously declined? Do you want to inform everybody, Kirk? Basically, they set the bar lower for them and they more or less were saying that, well, I'll just be blunt. They were saying that black people were stupid. They were saying black people were significantly dumber than non-black people and therefore their cognitive design uh, decline wasn't enough percentage-wise to qualify. And And what we found out about this, we did this what? Was this two years ago already? I don't even remember. Could have been two years ago. Could have been one year ago. Uh, it was over a year. It was. Uh, it was over a year. I agree yeah. with that. I don't remember exactly where we did it. I have to go back through the archives. Like we have yeah. those. Uh, I guess we do. We just go on YouTube. Um, but uh, the crazy thing that we found out was this isn't just the NFL who's done this. This was the entire medical profession who mm-hmm. presumed that African Americans are just dumber. And if there's a problem, then it's not as bad. It's mind-boggling. Yeah, it's, well, 13 shades of disgusting, right? And the thing that bothers me the most, and you already know where I'm going with this, is there's a lot of, uh, I'll just say the woke warriors in the world, and sometimes they're just jumping on the wrong thing. This is about as big as you can get. This is the example of systemic racism mm-hmm. you can't dispute. Mm-mm. It's impossible. It's impossible. So what did Jamel Hill say about this today? Oh, nothing. nothing. I know. What did she say I last don't... time? Nothing. nothing. This is up your alley. But no, she's got to come up with some other stuff why uh, Logan Paul was racist. Yeah, uh, let's leave Jamel out of this. Let's just talk about the system as it is. Well, so so they had they had eleven because this is something that she should be all over. A hundred percent, but a lot, but not not just us should be all over this. Yeah, uh, like and not just Jamel Hill, but like everybody should be all over this. It's ridiculous. So six hundred and forty six players were retested under this. Of those six hundred and forty six, three hundred and eleven, almost half. Mm-hmm were awarded now because of this. So 61 were classified having early to moderate dementia, which gives them over $600,000. And the other 250 were having mild dementia. It can get up to 3,500, which is a paltry sum, I'd like to point out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but like the NFL, just a billion dollars in this in the NFL is an insult anyway. But this whole thing is just absolutely absolutely crazy and good for ken jenkins who was a uh, running back who petitioned the federal judge to make the changes like he and his wife were like this is stupid and challenged it and it worked i i don't think and something is it's just gonna go away no one's i mean it did work and this is fantastic so this really and i you're right i should you should look at sort of the good news about this i just don't understand how yeah, that, that's why I put it. That's why I put it here in the bag. Yeah, I mean, it's good news that it happened. It's awful. It's ugly that it. It's good news that we've fixed. It was ugly. It sucked in the started in the beginning. So bad is where it ends up, averaging it out. So, and speaking of bad, 
So David Ross, oh, sorry, not David Ross. I apologize, David Ross. I'm no, nothing bad for you. Stephen Ross, uh, owner of the Dolphins. Um, add, add to another thing that should be getting more attention. 100%. Yeah. As a Patriots fan, I am the fact that so here, here let me let me back up so Stephen Ross well Tom Brady was with the Patriots in 2019 was contacting him during the season to try and get him to leave the Patriots and come with and come to Miami oh and by the way he was doing the same thing to the Saints with Sean with Payton Sean Payton so then when and then when uh, Brady ended up going to Tampa, he did the same thing with Brady in Tampa. First of all, I want to say Brady doesn't come out looking that great on this. I know a lot of Brady defenders are like, well, he took less money to stay at the Patriots. He did not have to do that. The Patriots did not hold a gun to his head and say, you will take this to play for our team. He could have gone many other places and played wherever he wanted for more money. Mm-hmm. He chose not to, right? If he got tired of everything, fine. Do it after the season. You know what I mean? Because that season, the Patriots were doing great, and then they lost their last game to Miami uh, to end up in the first round of the playoffs where they got bounced by the Tennessee Titans and Mike Vrabel and all that other stuff, Brady's last game. Um, They ended up having to forfeit a first-round pick in the 2023 draft and a third-rounder in the 2024 draft. How are those picks not going to the Patriots and Saints? That's a very good question. Because if there are two teams who hate the NFL and feel they've been wronged by the NFL more than anyone else, it's the Patriots and Saints. Mm-hmm. Between Bounty Gate and Deflate Gate and Spygate and whatever else. Like those two teams have been punished for stuff that they don't necessarily felt they did. Now, when the Patriots uh, tampered with uh, Bill Belichick, which they 100% did. I mean, there's no reason he would otherwise resign on a cocktail napkin. They ended up having to pay compensation, including a first-round pick to the Jets, to get uh, Belichick over. The Jets had to pay compensation to the Patriots when they were tampering with Bill Parcells during the Super Bowl, right? So it's there's precedent here, at least with coaches. I don't understand how those picks are just gone. It's like it's one thing with the Patriots lost it for Spygate. There isn't a specific team that was wrong. I guess the Jets were technically wrong because that was the game team it was. But a lot of teams are doing what the Patriots were. You can pretend they wasn't, but they a lot of teams. Of were. course, yeah. But the Patriots were specifically told not to do it. I'm consistent on this. They're consistently told not to do it six days before, like the league came and told them not to film from the sideline, and then six days later they filmed from the sideline. Like that's just stupid, right? But the Jets weren't technically harmed any more than any other team in the league had ever been harmed. By the way, the, the Steelers got busted for it too. A couple of seasons later, nothing happened with it. Um, so it's not like the Patriots are the only team ever doing this. But I understand why they got busted. But nobody got that pick. This one was two teams actively during the season were harmed by the interference of another team. This is about as a cut and dry uh, tampering as you get. 100%. And then Stephen frickin' Ross... Has the cojones? He's a five right. He's fined one point 
five million, which I believe he can find by cleaning out the cushions of his couch. Um, but he was and suspended for participating in team events through October seventeenth, um, which is probably good for the team. But like they, he said, put out this triumphant statement saying that the league found that they did nothing wrong with Brian Forrest. Because again, this came from Brian Forrest's thing, which came from Bill Belichick's accidental text message to Brian Forrest. Mm -hmm. Instead of, uh, who was it supposed to go to? Brian Dayball? Yeah, Um, Brian Dayball. I'm blanking on his last name. Brian Dayball. So, I mean, they wouldn't technically be next to each other on his phone, probably. Brian Dayball, Brian Forrest. There's probably not that many people between. Um, but this all came out of. <coughs> imagine, the, imagine the text message that Brian Boitano got. Sorry. Good day. Um, Brian Callahan of Callahan Auto Parts. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, this all came out of that. And Seymour Ross had the audacity to come out and be like, the NFL found we didn't do anything wrong in the Brian Flores case. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? So investigation came out because Brian Flores complained. And that's another thing that I can't believe wasn't made a big deal, a bigger deal. Like you pretty much asked the coach to tank. hundred percent. And they tanked badly. Like Brian Flores, they told him to tank and we're trying to pay him to lose games. And he refused to do it. And that team played well for Brian Flores. I think Brian Flores is a hell of a coach. I really do. If, if Belichick left, of all the former people who worked for the Patriots as assistants and head coaches, and we had to replace Belichick with one of those people, I would pick Brian Flores. Honestly. I, and, and, what a, what a, yeah. well, and it's just like the audacity for him to come out and just like a victory lap on this whole thing. Because he did. Because he could. This is a victory lap. It's exactly what it is for him. Got away with it, hundred percent. But they couldn't even—they couldn't even tank correctly. And, and, this, and the thing is, it, he's not even close to being the, the most shady owner in the league. And you've got Dan Snyder. That's the. How football? Like, we're so obsessed with the National Football League, right? Not 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 just you and I, but I mean, just metaphorically, just as you know, our two countries. How some things become bigger than others, I don't get. This should have been bigger than Deflategate. 100%. But it wasn't. But because nobody knows who the hell Stephen Ross is because he does not matter. He doesn't matter. Robert Kraft getting a, a uh, what's the word I want to say? Mandy. Yeah, we're getting a happy ending. In Florida, it was bigger news. Mm-hmm. Because people know who Robert Kraft is. Yeah. Nobody knows who Stephen Ross is because his team is the definition of mediocre. They have won one playoff game in the last 15 years. Star driven league, I guess. It's exact it's exactly right. It's exactly right. Um, so I don't know what they're I guess now NFL, we know who the quarterback the is. A, the NFL's a freaking mess. Because so before, they just said, like, uh, they, they invited a quarterback on his boat. They, they didn't say who it was. Obviously, we know it's Brady. We know it's Brady. Yeah. 
So I don't, I don't know what's going on in the NFL. By the way, it looks like Zach Wilson is done for the year for the Jets in that game. Lacromania. Absolutely crazy. Um, but 1,500 more yards to pass Dan Fouts. If that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about eras. Yeah. I, although I would take Flacco over Fouts in the broadcast booth. So I know you would. Yeah. So <laughs> your uh, Fouts is my Aikman. Yeah, I much prefer Aikman over Fouts, and you're the other way around. Yes, so, I, I am the other way around. But anyway, so that's that's my ugly. Just yeah. I, I was going to do this last week, but I had to save it for this week. I didn't want to ru- ruin Russell last week. So, mm-hmm. All right. Well, with that, it's time for the plugs. In, in addition to notinhalloffame.com forward slash USA, vote now. And you can vote every day. You can actually stuff the ballot, sort of. Once a day. Once a day. Well, today, so you can do that. Uh, coming up soon on the site is because uh, I, due to some other issues, I was not able to record. Uh, how the hell did this go number one last week? But we are going to do Fireflies, Owl City next week, which I'm not looking forward to. I hate that song. I did not pick it. I actually kind of like that song. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, Owl, and then Owl City did that song with. Um, uh, what's her name uh, from Hey, I Just Met You and This Is Crazy and they had like a song together which keeps them both from being one-hit wonders. I did not know that. I haven't yeah. done research on that yet. Carly Rae Jepsen. Carly Rae Jepsen, that's the one I'm looking for. The, the runner-up on the first Canadian Idol. Didn't know that, did you? I did not. I didn't know there was a Canadian Idol. But it, just surprised well, me. it only worked. It only lasted a couple years. So. Good Time was the name of the song from Hmm. From uh, 2012. Ah, okay. Well, also recorded. Well, this one is recorded in the tank. I just have to like do some freeze pictures and all that shit. Uh, Chris Bernay and I looked at the Harlem Globetrotters visiting Gilligan's Island. Hmm. You think Gilligan's Island itself has a lot of plot holes? This has a lot more plot holes. Fair enough. A lot of plot holes. Like, how, why the hell was Scatman Crothers out, out their coach and pilot? You gotta, I mean, you gotta do what you can to cut your costs, man. You travel, barnstorm around the country. And, and, and Greyhounds don't, and the words of uh, the manager from uh, the, the uh, Andre 3000 uh, Outcast video Greyhounds don't float on water. So, you gotta fly. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe down in the future. So look forward to that. Uh, also, too, coming up soon will be the uh, last episode of the Classic Sports Review for a while. For a while, because Glenn's going back to Antarctica. God damn it. So we looked at the Colorado-Detroit uh, brawl game. So, nice. Yes. Uh, yeah, so that should be up on the site soon. With that, wherever you are, wherever you may be, stay safe, everybody. Take care.